Assume the cast positions. Hold on tight. Take a deep breath. For this podcast extravaganza, where pop, pop culture and disc golf combine, it is Kirby's Disc Golf World. This is one of the hosts, Disc Golf Jesus, the Tommy Pickles of the podcast. With us, me also, our own Tito Manaki, Swiss Cheese. And with us on Zoom, XJ9 himself, JK Disc Golf. XJ9, tell them where they can follow us. Yo, guys, yeah, Zoom sucks, but here we go. Got to do the formalities. Make sure to rate, rate and review the podcast if you enjoy it. It definitely helps us out. Follow us on Instagram at Jesus Disc Golf, Swiss Cheese DG, JK Disc Golf, and Kirby Disc Golf World. And see our hot takes on Twitter at JK Disc Golf, Swiss underscore DG, and Disc Golf World. And to see more Disc Golf content every single day, subscribe to the YouTube and hang out for a while at Kirby's Disc Golf World. Boom. What up, y'all? Hi. The Zoom, man. See, yeah. See, me and Quinn are right next to each other. We can high five still. Yeah. Jefferson just doesn't get it, doesn't get it all high fives. Just left out. See? Hopefully this mic works this time. Apparently I was sounding a little robotic -y. Yeah. Is it the mic right next to your face? No, I didn't. I, w I used a different mic last <laughs> time. But now I look weird. Like, I, this just doesn't suit my head. Yeah, it looks like you're going to, like, it's a little off-kilter. Yeah. Telemarket my ass and call me in the middle of dinner and try to sell me some more. No, it, extended it's, car insurance. It's he just got his new uh, uh, Xbox 360s and he's gonna get on COD for the first time. Yeah. He gets smoked because he's a new. Just get really bullied. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, uh, if you guys don't, obviously, if you're just listeners, we're, we are on the Zoom, so it's not really affecting you because you just listen to us. But now, if you want to see our beautiful faces, you definitely can go check out the YouTube channel and all our social medias where we post all that jazz. But uh, for the disc golf stuff, um, we had the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge that just happened um, with a little bit of a younger guy, Connor O'Reilly, taking the dub. O'Reilly or Riley? Riley. Oh, oh, oh Riley. Riley. That's what it is. O'Reilly. Yeah. He owns the auto parts store? He is the auto parts Shit. store. He's sponsored. Yeah. Pretty difficult to say O'Reilly. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. I, I think it's a rookie on the tour, correct? This is his first year on tour, yeah. First year, first major. This is the first time he's in the lead series. card. Yeah, awesome, man. Latitude yeah, 64. I'm going to jump in. Why can't Ricky close when nobody's there? This is what? He did that at the Utah Open, too, where he just... Yeah, like like he can't, he can't close when he doesn't have the competition of, like, Eagle or... Calvin, to be Cal fair, I think he was down four strokes going into the final day. I think three or four. So that's kind of a tough mountain to climb. Yeah, but he a large hill. I think that Ricky is a person who like plays up to his competition or plays to his competition. So when he has those guys, like he knows he's got to put the gas pedal on the entire time. But when he plays against like, not saying they're lower tier, but like you know the guys we don't see all the time up there, not the ten fifty boys where he like. Kind of plays their their level almost. Well, he needs to get better at that. I agree. I think I think that's that would help <laughs> him out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love how we guys are giving tips to world champion. Like, yeah, you, you need to work on that one, guy. Right, well, he needs to be. <laughs> Everyone needs, needs to, be to work on something, right? Yeah. But I also had um, some people are calling the best. Well, well, yeah, the best ace in disc like in a tournament. With the Austin Hannums, that was just a sick, like, full flex sidearm dodging all the trees. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. You see this yet? Yeah. Oh, oh man, that thing's dirty. That thing's so dirty. 
like yeah. on a hole that's like a shot and a prayer. Yeah. And he pured it. It's 400 something. 400 feet yeah. flexing around trees. Mm. Just beautiful. He said it was the best ace he's ever had. I, so I believe for it. For him. And that guy, dude's probably got stacks of aces. <laughs> probably. So for that one to fuck. He probably doesn't remember all of his aces. I don't remember probably all not. my aces. Oh, shit. I know that's why I said uh, it. I know, I know you're trying to make him look like a big deal. Love hey, it. man. It's kind of kind of, kind of a big deal if you said that. But uh, someone who can, it seems to close when not like Paige Pierce or Kristen Tatar or, or the top FPO field, as we like to say, is Katrina Allen. When they're not there, she is dominating. She is just there to show I am the best, best FPO when they're not here. You have to still worry about me, especially in the woods. Yeah, Kat's sick. For her to put it on a neg 11 on the final round, Insane. which, which mm. is matched what the MPO did, I think that was the best round of the day also for the whole tournament. So, yeah. Um, sick. Just just bananas, man. And she was hitting putts, and like when her putts game is getting locked down, and it's she's scary. She's so scary. It shows why she's a two-time world champion. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, when she was putting, she had, like, one little scramble putt uphill right by OB, where it's like, I, man, just nuts. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. So, but. but that was the only really disc golf we had over here, right? There, not too much news happened because not really everyone was there. A lot of the 1050 boys took a break. This kind of seems like this is the stretch of the season. You have the East Coast stretch where you got USDGC coming up. So there's a lot more preparation going on through this East. I think this is the time where a lot of people took a break. But we do have one of the most prominent disc golf tournaments every season. Everyone looks forward to this one. We have the MVP Open, where I know, Quinn, you've played Maple Hill. You know what it's all about. Yes, Maple Hill, the best course I've ever been to. Yeah. Period. So. Period. So Does that mean Quinn's going to do the description of the of the course? He can, he can give it his all. <laughs> Now he's going to throw it onto that. Um, so Maple Hill um, is a combination of wooded and uh, obviously you have a bunch of water obstacles. Um, I think the f most famous signature holes involve those. Um, but it's a challenging, tight, narrow, wooded course. Um, and a couple of open bombers where some guys can really let loose, um, especially over the Christmas trees. Um, hands down, the most scenic course I've ever been down. Fun, enjoyable, um, but every this is this is this is a tournament that everybody plans on coming to. Spends an extra week practice because it is such a major. Yeah, that was good enough. I, I'll I'll jump into what I'm going to say to how the pros are <laughs> yeah. successful. Uh, everyone knows MVP, long, wooded, and you have to hit your lines to have success. The guys who love tight lines and hitting gaps are going to find the most success at the MVP Open. I think that's something you alluded to. Like, there's a lot of tight wooded holes where you're going to have to finesse. There's also a little bit where it opens up and you really have to capitalize, and that shows, like, if you're not getting those birdies, you're losing a stroke on the rest of the, uh, the people. So you got to be on your A game. Yeah, and there's, there's a number of short – attackable holes totally um, where as long as you're not getting a kick or as long as you throw the line you are you should be getting birdies totally. um, and then there's some other holes where 
yeah, you don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And Maple Hill, we usually see some some aces out there. So if we're gonna predict right now, give a prediction on someone who's going to ace. Who you got? James Conrad. That's not that's not a bad fit. Like he he does run the I, basket yeah. a lot. Uh, sure. Um, at that tournament, Paul Macbeth. Ah, you stole my he answer. He had one last throw. You, you stole my answer, so I'm going to go with Kyle Klein then. I think he's going to finesse some gaps. I think Germ hit one in practice, or at least. I saw that little, like, hype up, whatever. teaser? I, yeah, I don't know I, I if he did, but. Didn't watch it. Yeah, but but I, that one is definitely, the downhill one is also another one to be aceable. Yeah. So, that little par three. Mm-hmm. But that's going to lead um, us into the craft card segment. So, Quinn, you can tell, uh, you can now. Do all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> nice lead with it. <laughs> all that jazz. And all that jazz. <laughs> all right, guys. Our craft a card. First and foremost is sponsored by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys check out the site. Use our promo code J. Kirby. K-E-R-B-Y. It's on the template somewhere. Right here. Um, so make sure you're using the template cards. You can get a match of up to $100 for using our code it is the only site where you can gamble on disc golf, um, period. So that's pretty the cool thing. But you could also do other sports. It's a fantasy-style fantasy pick em, um, to where you can do them. And disc golf is part of it. They got CSGO. They got everything you can name of. You can bet it. Check it out. Prize picks. Use the promo code. Well worth it. Um, but our craft a card segment is where we draft a card our own card from um to match what the tournament is going to do we have three rules those being one has to be an fbo second is you are only allowed to repeat one player from your previous tournament and you have to have one player who finished outside the top 10 is our only three rows and the order goes based on the previous tournament's win and mr jk with the dub last week the cat pick definitely carried. Ten strokes. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's a tough one. It's a tough pill to take. Um, and then I took second, and Mr. Discoff Jesus took third. So he will be starting out with the draft. Uh, Eagle McMahon. Eagle. I will go with the reigning champion. Possible three-timer. Paul Macbeth. Wow, I was not expecting that. I feel like you guys never take Paul first. I actually had Paul written down for me, so I'm going to go with Heimberg then because I do like Heimberg in these situations. Nice. Uh, Richard Wysocki. He plays this competition. He does. I said right. that. That's a quote right here. I will go with the other defending champion, two-time back-to-back, yeah. just like Paul. Paige Pierce. I don't know what females are at this tournament yet, so that's why I didn't pick her. The main ones are there. I'm going to go with Kyle Klein, then. Shred the woods. Continue it. Back half season. He's doing good. I was really hoping to get him back in this. No shot, dude. You're not You're not getting him third. No way. Okay. He's too good now. He's a big deal. <laughs> He's good, Red. He's good. No <laughs> My pick? It is, yes. Yeah. Fuck my balls. James Conrad. 
not a bad pick for maybe MVP. He's a previous winner. Yep. Yeah. I will go with. I'll take Dickerson, I guess. Oh man, man you always pick Dickerson. Dickerson. You're such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he got you, bro. He that's roasted. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna end it off with Mr. KJ USA. Hopefully, he can do me some good this week. Mm-hmm. I got two females right there. All the main ones are there. So is Tatar there? No. No, she's in Europe. Come on, bro. She's the main one. That's a European. Then I'll go Haley King. Cool. I'll take Katrina Allen. I got a pick before that. But you can't pick a female. <laughs> yes, he can. I, I know. He can pick a female. I could, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can. You true. only have to pick one. Pick That's a female, true. Quinn! Do it. Do, it! Do it! Who's Do it, Quinn. Want? Do it. Katrina Allen. <laughs> Do it! If you're the first time on... Katrina Allen. Sarah Holcomb. Yeah. Sarah Holcomb. Yeah. Fuck you. We'll see how that plan works out. I've already said it so many times. I don't really. I know she's a two-time winner. I, st- I still didn't want Paige Pierce. That's why I didn't pick her first round. I don't trust her in the woods. I say that like every week now on the podcast. I get that. I understand you, now you that. But... I don't. I really don't. You do. You hate everybody that has more than one world title. And Paige also. Sorry, you hate everybody that has more than three world titles. So there's two people. No. Yeah. Yeah, you hate both of them. Bad. And not taking Paige on, like, any big name major, always a mistake. I don't know about it. I I disagree with that. I think you're. I think there's. Like, Katrina Allen shreds the woods. I think it's safe play to go sham. Okay. I think it's a safe play to go with the back to back. Winner of the tournament. <laughs> hey man, we'll see how it pans out, right? But I'm—I guess I'm going for Katrina Allen though. So hey, whatever. It's all right. That'll help me too. Nice. <laughs> I hope Haley King just wins it all. Now this part of the episode, we're actually bringing on a special guest to come talk to us. We're bringing Chris Wicklund. Hopefully, I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize. He is a writer for Alt World. He's been doing that for quite some time. Now we're gonna get kind of his thoughts on what his disc golf career, and what he's doing for Alterville. So stay tuned for this little interview. Well, I guess we could start off by like asking, like, how like how long have you been playing disc golf? How long have you been involved in the disc golf scene? Um, so I first played in high school. I was playing a lot of Ultimate. Um, me and a couple of buddies started the Ultimate Club um, at our high school. Um, I went to Sandwich High School in Sandwich, Massachusetts, and so we called it sandwich ultimate club disc. And so, you know, suck disc cause we're fucking 16, 17. Um, and, um, one of my buddies was like, Hey, there's this thing called disc golf. Let's go give it a try. So we did. And we played with ultimate lids and, uh, that was that <laughs> until like maybe at some point in college. And then after college, once we all got fat and out of shape and, you know, not wanting to, couldn't get 22 people together to play ultimate. Yeah. Um, we started playing disc golf every once and again. And then um, my wife and I went on a cross-country road trip for our honeymoon because we were both working in schools at the time, so we had the summer off. Um, when I got back from that, my buddy was like, hey, we're playing, you know, we're playing a league disc golf round um, at this uh, course called Daisy, which is in Franklin, Mass, about an hour from me. Uh, you want to come check it out? I was like, 
yeah, I'll come, I'll come throw frisbees and walk in the woods and drink some beers with you guys. That sounds like a good time. Um, and it was, and you know, um, I have a blown out back, uh, from wrestling and weightlifting. So, um, it's, it's, I found that, you know, I could do it without too much pain, you know? Uh, so it's my, it's my, it's my game now. So here we are. Nice. So how, how long is that? How many years has that been? Uh, what year is it? 3,005. Um, yeah, so probably six, seven years, um, since, since that, you know, first, you know, post college, you know, yeah. world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you said you started off playing like with ultimate lids. So like, do you remember yeah, yeah. like the first disc you actually had and like that was your disc? Oh, the first one I actually bought. Yeah. Um, so I, I went out after, like after that round at Daisy, I stopped at Dick's or sports authority or some, you know, big box store and bought a starter pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, played with my buddy the next day. Um, mm-hmm. and I was trying to, cause you know, I could flick at that point, I could flick a ultimate lid most of the way down the field. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to flick everything. And I kept, you know, turning everything over, hyzering it out. And I just couldn't get the leopard to do what it's supposed to do. So my friend was like, you should get one of these discs that has like a sharper edge. They fly a little better. Like, okay. Um, so I went out and bought a, a champion beast a red champion beast um and that same buddy uh he only plays with a crank in his own okay. and uh he only flicks and he fucking destroys us nice <laughs> yeah it's pretty much just like right over there only flicks. yeah yeah only yeah forehand. only yeah only forehand that's that's how i just got no distance with the backhand i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, backhand's tough backhand's tough it took me like I don't know, five years to break 300 feet with the backhand. You know, I was flicking 400 with a with a striker or destroyer, you know, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, whatever. But um, getting the backhand out to 300 was like, I played sports all my life. It was the hardest sports-related thing I've ever done. Interesting. Fair. Good. So you still are active? You're still getting a lot of rounds in? No, I got a kid. <laughs> That's unfortunate. It's like someone else I know. So yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a seven and a half month old. Um, so I've played like four rounds since January, no. um, including this past weekend where I shot a, a gentleman's eighteen over. Um, <laughs> with uh, I took a, a, a quad bogey on seventeen. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm not that bad if I if I'm playing regularly. Um, I'm not playing open or anything. I'm probably am too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an excuse to get out and about. I don't get to play as half as much as I used to. Um, way less than half than I, mm-hmm. that I used to. But, uh, yeah, you know. So, like, in your peak of, like, finding disc golf, how often do you think you'd play? Oh. Uh, so, I was working in Boston at the time, and I was finishing – I would start my day, like – start my commute from down the Cape area, be an hour, hour and a half up there. So I'd try to either, you know, beat rush hour on one end or the other. Mm-hmm. So I'd get back at like, either way I'd get home at like three in the afternoon in the summer. So I would just text my buddies who were getting out of work at around the same time. And we'd just play four or five times a week. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So I know you, that crew was that? Uh, buddies. Do you guys, that crew of buddies, do they still throw? Are they? Oh yeah. So, we, um, the, one of, one of my buddies, he's the one who invited me out to go play that time. So him and a bunch of his friends from college and a bunch of their friends from home and a bunch of my friends from home, 
over the years formed uh, a roaming beer league where we play um, two courses all over two courses a month all over New England from like mid March until the end of October. Um, so yeah, we still play. You know, obviously I haven't been able to play as much this year, but um, up until you know this season, we were playing together at least two or three times a month. Um, then one of my other friends um, who's in the league as well, he lives, he's a high school history teacher and he's also the caretaker at uh, YMCA campgrounds. So he's got, he lives on a summer camp with like 70 acres of woods and a pond and trails and all that stuff. So um, he actually built, he got the Y to buy baskets and a whole pile of DX plastic and built like nine holes, 200, 150 feet, feet on the property there over this past summer. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. That's really cool. Yeah. And how the, are the kids throwing? How are they taking? Is it hot or cold? Um, you know, I, I from what I hear, it's been met well. There were like two or three kids, I think, who were like super fucking into it. Um, the rest of the kids were like, yeah, sure, we'll do this. We're at camp, you know. Yeah. Mom sent us here. What are we going to, you know, <laughs> we don't, we're totally here. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it went well. Um, I'll be checking it out, I think, in a couple weeks. I haven't been there yet. Uh, what's the best course you've ever played? Uh, that's not Maple Hill. Okay, Maple Hill, it's a Maple Hill. Yeah, Maple Hill. Maple Hill. I, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but after that, I would say um, probably 501, which is in Warren, Massachusetts, probably about a half hour from Maple Hill. You'll Every year you see, you know, around Maple Hill time, you'll see players posting on Instagram about playing there and liking it. Um, okay. It's on a private property, um, relatively hilly, wooded. You know, there's a couple, you know, it, not hole one and 18 go opposite ways on this big um, hole one goes up the field, which is a hill. 18 goes down it. So you get to, you know, throw uphill to start and downhill to close. It's one of those types of tracks. Um after that, um, probably honestly, and this might be biased, but um, my hometown just built a new course called uh, Oak Crest Cove in Sandwich Mass. Um, Avery Jenkins was posting about it on Instagram um, mm-hmm. maybe like a week or two ago. Um, it's brand new. You know, they haven't even put in tee pads yet, and it's still like pretty overgrown. But I think once it gets beat in and you know people are walking on it and everything's all set, it's going to be one of the best courses in the area. So, so I know you you write for Alti World, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been like doing that? Uh, 2017 I started. Okay, and that was just like pure passion. Like you liked writing, you liked disc golf, and. Yeah. So in college, I did a bunch of uh, writing for the sports department. I did um, like uh, women's soccer um write-ups um men's basketball video and the men's baseball teams uh scorekeeping and write-ups it was a small d3 school and you know tom i definitely didn't want to be like a professional sports journalist because i didn't have like that passion Mm -hmm. to cover d3 sports right Mm -hmm. i knew that if like i didn't care enough to like start at the bottom i wasn't gonna you know but yeah i was an english major so i liked writing i liked writing about sports like disc golf and um they posted on the disc golf subreddit um that they were looking to hire people and pay them so i was like 
I like money as well, in addition to those other things. Yeah. So um, I said, fuck it, and sent it in and, uh, you know, with a portfolio of the stuff I'd written in the past. And here we are, you know, uh, six, seven, six seasons later, five, four numbers, a number yeah, exactly. of seasons later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In English major, you don't need numbers. Exactly, exactly. We 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 you know we trick the uh, the math nerds into doing that for us. Exactly. Yeah. So, what was your proudest article that you've that is your triumph? Um, without the work, the one I had the most fun writing was probably like when I first started. It was when Simon first moved to the Boston area. And I was like. Yeah, just figured I'd shoot him a message and see if he wanted to play around for an interview. And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "That was way too easy." So drove out, drove out to Pyramids, and we played there. And you know, it was my first time seeing a you know a pro of, of that caliber up close and personal. Mm. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> it was insane. It was absolutely nuts. Um, so that was the most fun to write. Um, I wrote a, a two part piece about Jeremy Colling in 2018 that i was really pleased with and then i wrote an article this year following worlds um that kind of touched on some of the issues that were going on there um got to talk to jade sewell about that and he had a very different point of view than a lot of other people mm -hmm. um you know i think you know for these articles you know i'm not a, not a professional sports reporter although i guess i am because i paid but you know i'm not yeah, you know yeah you know. um but Getting, getting players to, you know, comment is not always the easiest. And because it's such a small insular world and so many people's interests overlap in a lot of different complex ways, um, it's hard to kind of strike the right tone sometimes and, you know, kind of push people to give me, you know, their clean opinion, right? Their, their honest opinion, um, but still be willing to pick up my to answer my text or pick up my call next time, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'll tell people, I always give people the option of, you know, rereading the, so what I'll do is I'll record the interview using an app on my phone. And then I have a transcription service um, that we use at O2 World. Um, it's AI based, so sometimes it totally screws up, right? So I'll, make, I'll give people an option to reread, you know, read over the transcript, make sure that they the robot didn't get something wrong, right? I'll give people an out most of the time. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, I'll tell people I'm not going to change, you know, what you say. I'm not going to edit what you've said and how you've said it. But if you want to clarify it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. right? um, so I want to give people a fair shake, but I also think it's important to treat this stuff, you know, professionally in the way that, we, when we say grow the sport and when we say professionalize things, we're not necessarily talking about polo shirts and membership fees and shit like that. We're talking about taking it seriously and doing it correctly and not, you know, not, not thinking of ourselves as the Ocho, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Solid reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one thing that's kind of, there's a, Part of the reason that I love disc golf is you can go out with your buddies, drink some beer, do whatever. Um, and 
you know, it's a casual fun thing. You don't, it's a low cost venture, right? You can do all those same things at a golf course that are at a traditional golf course. Mm-hmm. Everything you can do at a disc golf course, you can do there. You just got to be able to afford $500 clubs and uh, tea time and membership fees and $50 for a sleeve of balls, right? Yep. Um, disc golf isn't that way, right? It's, it's an accessible thing that everyone can do. Um, and when we talk about, you know, should there be more pay to play courses at the professional level at the disc golf pro tour, the national tour level? Yes, absolutely. They should be playing on private courses. We shouldn't have, you know, random people biking through the background and at the Memorial. Right. Um, but for the 99.9% of the population, yes, of course, like that's, there's, I think that's where people get mixed up. Sometimes we talk about professionalizing the professional game, right. And the part where there's money changing hands and lives being changed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but 99.9% of the disc golf is, you know, schlubs like us. This is true. Yeah. can argue that. I'm a big schlub. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your favorite disc in your bag? Um, Comet. Comet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. T I N Z. So yeah, are you, absolutely. are you someone who like, just, are you just bag disc craft or you just like everything and anything that you like? No, I mean, I'll, I'll bag what, you know, I still have a little bit of like, Oh, that's a cool name. I'll go buy that. Cause why the fuck not? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. who cares? Right. Um, no, I bag a lot of, if it's understable, I'll throw it. Um, for sure. <laughs> although I did, I did, I did throw a destroyer 400 feet this week and I was very pleased with myself. Nice. I got that sweet, sweet 18 over around it. <laughs> I hit 400 of the destroyer. I was like, hell yeah, that's totally, totally saves it. Um, yeah, no, uh, um, yeah, I'd say Comet overall. Um, a lot of the courses I play locally are in the woods, right? I need to be able to throw it straight. I need to be able to, you know, just put it on a line and not, have to worry too much about it kicking off 10,000 feet into oblivion, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, with people will say it's the most like an ultimate lid. It's really not at all like an ultimate lid, but it is the closest thing out there. Um, so it's comfortable for me to hyzer flip and, you know, throw on that sort of muscle memory angle that I haven't quite beat yet. Nice. Yeah. So do you prefer, like, the eastern half disc golf, the wood, the tight lines, all that? over like an open course yeah yeah so um, i do i have a weekly column called tournament talk so i just finished up the one for this uh iron hill and that's pretty much what i get at um pretty aggressively pretty aggressively um yeah man i think um the first half of the season it's cool i enjoy seeing that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff for a little bit but nine of the events we're on so far this season have been on either uh, former or current golf courses, right? Nine out of the 20 something total, mm-hmm. right? Almost closing in on half. Um, and the, uh, the ones that weren't, you know, on golf courses technically, right? Like, like Jonesboro isn't technically on a golf course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Des Moines isn't technically on a golf course. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I get it, right? And we're really only rewarding one particular skill set mm-hmm. you know, with those sorts of setups. I also think there was, um, I, remember, I was doing the research for this. I think there was like, there was not a single, except for um, Masters Cup um, and Waco, um, there wasn't an event that had 
I think there's probably one one or two that I missed in there, but um, most events had a, at least one hole that was at least 850 feet. Most most events had a thousand footer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think back to the 2018 Worlds at Smugs, people are like, "Holy shit, hole six, right? You know, a thousand feet. Oh my god." Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, it's commonplace, right? Yep. It's pretty routine. Um, so. If you're a player like Eagle, right? You know, just pick the phrase throwing human on the planet, mm-hmm. right? Great, totally. cool, awesome. You can make all that up. But if you're a player like um, Bradley Williams, right? Who's not going to throw that far, but is absolutely going to fillet any sort of course that has any sort of obstacles in the way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why are we choosing to reward that one specific skill set, right? Why are we tr- choosing to emphasize it to such an absurd degree? Right. Um, and then, you know, when we even think about it further, um, I don't want to give away too much of my article, but um, the um, so Texas States at Dogwood and Iron Hill and Hornet's Nest coming up at the championship are the only courses that I would consider purely wooded. Right. Okay. I would say Idlewild has plenty of open holes. Right. Mm-hmm. Starts okay. on a pretty open hole. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the front. Front six, I think, are pretty open. I would even consider um, hole nine, I think. Is that the one where it goes out onto the field and it's kind of like down, like a drainage area and people throw rollers on it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's a number of holes there that I would not, that are pretty wide open. Um, Maple Hill, I mean, look, right? (laughs) Like, there's, um, until you get to hole three, Holes three through, I'll give it 10, are definitely in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then you're back in the woods for um, 15, 16. But so we're talking, that's half the course that's in the woods. The rest is pretty open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you go off the hill, you go back up, then you're in the woods for a while. And then you come out, come back up to hole 11, and that's the bomber down over the Christmas trees. And, you know, there's woods around the, the thing. And then you go down and you're throwing um, the one with the hill on the side, um, 12, and then you get to 14, which is over the pond, and then you're in the woods again, and then you're throwing it over the trees, and then you're back out to the, the field. So, you know, Iron Hill and Dogwoods are the only ones, and, and even, um, like I said, Hornet's Nest are the only three I can think of that are purely in the woods. You had Northwoods, but that's part of that's half the tournament. That's mm-hmm. not a full tournament. Mm-hmm. You have same deal up at um, Smugs, right? You have um, Brewster Run and Fox Meadows, or Brewster Ridge. Yeah, Brewster Ridge and Fox Run. Um, Brewster is certainly all in the woods, but it's half the tournament, right? So we we only have two tournaments, two and a half, three uh, this whole year, this whole touring season that are purely woods. We have nine that are on former golf courses. Right, we're way overemphasizing a certain particular skill set, and what I, I think it's to the, the overall detriment of the sport. That's my rant. Nice, yeah. I like I like it. You, yeah, do you feel like the pros are kind of mimicking that, or as like as far as being vocal along those? I know we have had a few standouts, record mentioning the golf courses and everything along those lines, but where are they feeling? Um, I mean. The ones who are, so I haven't had, I, I've had, I've had this conversation with one particular player who's very active on Twitter. Um, 
and you know he kind of comes down on what i've just said and informed quite a bit you know mm-hmm. a lot of what i just said i'm sort of parroting him because he, he won me over mm-hmm. um i think early in the season Macbeth posted on instagram something about the portland open like oh another golf course right yeah um, yep. but you know i think you know if you're on a team you're not going to go shit talking your sponsors you know event right mm-hmm. you're not going to go you know you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. Um, yeah. I think the players that are winning are perfectly content, right? I think why so, Ricky, Ricky, I think is without a doubt the player of the year. He's won in every style of, of course, and he's played dominantly no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, you look at how many people dropped out of Iron Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many people yeah. dropped out of Delaware and why, Absolutely. right? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of them telegraph this well in advance, right? And that's fair. And, you know, but I also think if you're Paul Macbeth, you can schedule your tournament whenever the hell you want, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you certainly know what the schedule is, right? Yeah. So, oh, I had this conflict yeah. that, you know, oh, oh no. Yeah, on, right? Sorry, guys, can't make it. I'm hosting this tournament on this date that's been on my calendar since January. Oh, fiddlesticks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think certain players, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure this is the case around you guys. I know that, you know, up here I've heard, I've only played a handful of tournaments because, you know, wife, house, job, kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I'll hear different players talk about not playing tournaments at courses because it'll hurt their rating. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, right? that's stupid. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some of that there, right? People don't necessarily want to, you know, get exposed at Iron Hill and that's fine. I mean, yeah. uh, who's your favorite pro that you've interviewed, had conversations with? Like, who was the one guy where you're like, man, this guy's awesome? Um, uh, the German, uh, Yuli and Sex, Yuli and Germ are, they, they answer me pretty much every time. You know, I need something. They're responsive, they're friendly, um, they're respectful. Right. Um, they don't, they don't, I'm sure they don't take me super duper seriously. They're not like, Oh shit, yeah. Chris is coming. Oh no. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, they, they, they take it seriously, yeah. right. They're professional, right. Like I was saying earlier, they're not, they're taking it seriously. Um, Brian Earhart, um, I played a practice round with him at Maple Hill, uh, two years ago. Yeah. I wasn't able to make it. It was 2019, I think. Okay. Um, I wasn't able to make it out there for the actual tournament. Um, my asshole buddy got married and wanted me to officiate the wedding. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, so Brian Earhart, um, super thoughtful, um, willing to talk about pretty much any and everything. Um, who else? Um, when I was covering primary, so I started off primarily covering FPO, doing the reviews and the recaps. Uh, Sarah Hokum was always a pleasure to speak with. Um, I spoke with Haley King two, yeah, 2019. And so she must have been like 16 or 17 yeah, at the time. Yeah. And so I would like kind of add like, so Haley, why don't you tell me about this, that, and the other thing? Like, yeah. She was like, yeah, I like playing disc golf. <laughs> and that was all that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right. I like you. <laughs> I like you. You're not, you know, she didn't care. Um, 
Kevin Jones, I think, is the most polished um, when I when I interviewed him uh, pre Prodigy. This is when he was still with Pro Discus and you know trying to put his name out there. Um, he doesn't require my assistance with that anymore, so I don't I don't I don't hear as much from him as I used to. Um, yeah, I mean they're all they're all good. They're all good. I I would say you know nobody I've spoken with has been a jerk, right? There have been a couple players who have. Um, you know, not, you know, made our appointment for a call, mm-hmm. which, you know, is annoying, but yeah. whatever, no, they, they've mm-hmm. got shit to do. Right. Um, but yeah, no, everyone's, everyone's been super nice. Everyone's super respectful um, and positive. They know that, like I was saying earlier, all, all of our interests are overlapping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I get them, if I, if I get, you know, interview with so-and-so, Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's that helps me. And, you know, what I'm trying to do and what Ultra World's trying to do, it helps them get their name in print. Um, Wysocki, Ricky. Ricky is the best. Um, he's he's there was a period. Uh, 2000, yeah, 2019, where he was kind of like throwing me stories. He would like text me from the road and be like, hey, I was talking to this person in this place. You should talk to that. It's like, oh, OK, thanks. <laughs> It was yeah. like Friday night. I'm hanging out with my buddies and getting texts from Ricky. Like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The coolest, the coolest pro, like I met person to person was Ricky. Mm-hmm. Like he was the most shit. Like just seemed happy to talk to you. Who is this? Ricky. He, j- oh, he always yeah. seemed like he was just happy to talk to you. Happy to be the fans. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I've noticed. I don't know if it was just because he was battling Lyme or what, but. This year, he seems, like, happy out there, you know? Um, I think I really enjoyed watching the final round, um, Joma's coverage at Iron Hill, because Raven Newsom looks like just a super fun dude to play with, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky was mic'd up, and, you know, Ricky was, like, encouraging people, good shot, you know, good bib, yada, yada, yada. And Raven was just goofing around you know whenever the camera was on him right he seemed like he was having an absolute blast um so yeah i, I think yeah I, I i like talking to players who um remember that they're playing disc golf you know yeah we did see raven newsome throw with a six-pack fanny pack at delwood this year yeah the what now he he had a fanny pack that had like Six pack of beers, but he no beers. He put water in them because it was so hot. Oh, that's fantastic! Fanny pack on there. <laughs> that's fantastic. While he was throwing, it was awesome. Yeah, while that's he was great. throwing, it had to have been like at least four bottles of water, and it was strapped to his waist that he hit tee off of hole one. That's, that's what he sick. Did. I think the Final feature round. card. Um, so I'm only going to be up be at Maple for round one. I think the feature card is Macbeth, Conrad, Newsom, and Eagle. That'll be a fun one to watch. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty freaking pumped. Um, I, th- I hope it's Eagle anyway. Watching him throw throw off hole one at Maple Hill is it's messed up, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. I caught the uh, distance competition a couple years back, and this was when Heimberg made his first lead card. Um, at Ma- it must have been 2018. Um if it wasn't his first, it was one of his first lead cards. Um, it was him, Macbeth, Conrad, and someone else. Um, might have been Double G, I don't know. Um, 
and the discs it sounds different it it sounds it sounds like it's a miniature kind of sonic boom or a piece of paper ripping right in your ear um it's 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 impressive just to watch watch how far back they get and how much energy they generate and they're all pretty tiny guys like none of them except for like ezra are jacked right yeah. they're all you know a bunch of skinny dudes um so yeah let's see i've always yeah. said whenever watching the pros it's the sound it just yeah. sounds it's like no different than baseball right mm-hmm. you, you hear the sound of that disc coming through and it's like oh shit yeah yeah so it, it is raven eagle Macbeth, and conrad uh, for the featured card on day one which is gonna be pretty sweet i just hope um so I, I want in 2018, yeah, the Eagle, Eagle got eaten alive on hole seven, which is the uphill um, through the tunnel um, okay. right before the, you know, hole eight, the water hole. Mm-hmm. He just got eaten alive. Absolutely. Just like, I think he took a seven or an eight on it. Um, it was painful to watch. So I'm sure he's got it figured out by now. I hope, I just hope Raven doesn't have one of those sort of experiences there. Cause mm-hmm. you no, know, you can birdie, you can birdie every hole out there. Right, mm-hmm. um, no doubt about it. It's very scorable, uh, um, but if you if you mess up, <laughs> forget it. Right, totally. Yeah. So, do you have any? Who do you think's gonna win this weekend? Let's get a prediction going. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with either uh, Heimberg or Macbeth. Macbeth only has two wins this season, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Which is absurd. You have to go back. To like 2011 or something like that, um, where he's gone this far into the season with only two wins um, at eight tiers or better. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's due, um, and he's the defending champion. He's won here like four times, um, and you know it's not. Maple to me is like right. It requires good distance, but not absurd distance. Mm-hmm. It requires. Really good woods control, but not it's not Iron Hill or, or Northwoods Black, right? It just requires a really well-rounded game, and Macbeth's got that. So, I, yeah, either him or Heimberg. Heimberg, I think, is due as well. Um, but, you know, those are what my head says. My heart, my in my heart of hearts, let's see. Who do I actually want to win? Hold on a sec. Just refreshing the disc here. All right. I want I think Nate Perkins. Wow. Nate Perkins. I mean that'd be Nate a, Perkins. That'd be solid for him. I, I'm not hundred percent sure that he's cashed this season. Um yeah, let me check. He he has not had a great season on the course. No, I definitely um, haven't heard his name in a very long time. Right, he. I think, I he's, think been he's been mostly more known on. for caddying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, no, he ha- he has cashed, but um, his best finish was seventh at the Majestic. He got eleventh at Vintage Open, but besides that, um, he hasn't really cracked the top forty. Yes. Yeah, he hasn't cracked the top forty since Des Moines. Before that. Yeah, so his best – yeah, he only has – you got 24th at Texas Stage, but, yeah. Nate Perkins, you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, there we go. If, if, if it's it. right, we got it. it. If he's actually uh, playing – like, 
<laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's a focus thing, like if he's working on other things or what's going on. But um, I think it, I, he's he's definitely got it. I mean, he's got oh, the yeah. forehand. He's got the putt. He can do it. I believe in you, Nate. If you're listening, I don't think Nathan is listening, but I hope. I hope. But uh, <laughs> I'll toss it to Red. You can uh, intro the infamous dream doubles. All right. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, Captain. Oh, it's Kirby Stream Doubles, where we take some something from the universe, be it Simpsons, famous women, or gods. We find the best disc golf partner, the worst disc golf partner, and who'd want to beat, but not in that order. This week, it's Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Let's start off with JK. Who would be the worst disc golf partner from the Nickelodeon universe? First off, can we talk about how why Nickelodeon would ever make Muppets on meth, like a show? But they did it. I can't have my partner staring at me with his butthole eye. I wouldn't be able to focus. Not only his looks, but this man doesn't care about his job at all, which translates into not caring about playing disc golf, and I just can't have that. Also, no way I'm messing with that tapeworm. Screw Josh, screw Josh Redman and screw Mr. Meaty. That show still haunts me. That show was wild. Nice. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> I never watched it, but <laughs> look it up. I'm gonna look take your up. word for it. I'll, I'll go with my first. First, I want to say I love this show, and he is the best character, but would be the worst partner. Gur from Invader Zim. This motherfucker would show up late, forgetting all his discs, but he has his tuna and his cupcakes. Couldn't keep him from running around, hitting fairways, just going off being crazy i'm already like that so i can't need a partner like that uh chasing squirrels looking for some tacos and he's a, you're probably thinking he's a robot you can put him in command mode no he snaps out of that in a second he wouldn't be able to do anything well and if i hit a tree he'd sing the doom song he'd be like doom 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 i think he'd be the worst disc golf partner even though he'd be an awesome person to hang with He'd be absolutely garbage on the course. Short, stocky, not a good disc golf partner. Sam, you can go, Chris. Um, so I was kind of, I was, I was debating whether this guy would be the worst or the best. I think worst, uh, cat dog. Oh. All right. I and about I'll tell you why. No hands, right? They're all feet. Right? Impeccable footwork for sure. But the problem is, I, as, as I recall, the dog, dog has poor impulse control. Um, and there's a reason I don't take my dog disc golfing because he'll chase every goddamn frisbee. So, uh, for that reason, um, not only that, but cats are not, you know, they're not outdoor creatures. And if you do let your cat outside, you know, they're, they're they destroy the local ecosystem, right? They just yeah. eat birds. So cat dog, that's my concern. My concern is the, the impulse control, both on the murdering on the cat and the frisbee chasing by the dog. And the fact that they, they only have so I like it. How do I they like poop? It. How do they poop? <laughs> I, that was uh, I think they actually addressed that. Um, I think uh, Cat has hairballs. Uh, I think that's what it is. I think there's a scene. I remember nice. it. It was formal. Uh, <laughs> so my worst can be described as an anxious, unlucky, neurotic, always nauseous, wet blanket. Think of a turtle form of Mort Goldman with even more Woody Allen. For those in the know, my worst is Philbert 
shell back from Rocco's Monroe life. For those that not in the know, he looks worse than he sounds. He tucks his yellow button-down shirt into his dockers that are nip-high. Nip um, he also wear, is known to wear therapeutic dad shoes, So, and he has no zero muscle tone whatsoever. Um, deci- despite that, he only throws birdies because he's too afraid to throw anything else because of speed, and it makes him nauseous. Um, that and the last is he's the most unluckiest character ever built. So when you got an eight-foot death putt to win the tournament, he's going to have some magical band kick that kicks off a fallen-down satellite that's going to roll all the way back to your tee, and you're starting back from the beginning. And all he can say is, aw, fish sticks. Philbert, my worst. You want me to start off my beat? I'll start off my beat. Start it off. Alright, I chose this guy for two reasons. One, he's a superhero. We all agree that beating a superhero would be really dope. Two, I don't know what he did to little Pete. I'm really worried. I am picking Artie, the strongest man in the world. From Pete and Pete. Uh, first of all, he hangs out with a young child in underoos. He just, and... Uh, being that they're 40% titanium, 60% cotton, which is kind of cool, but you shouldn't be hanging out with a 13-year-old in underwear. I kind of think he molests him. And if you ever, if you go look at a picture, he is a quintessential child molester looking, has the thick glasses, the really crew-cut hair, the really small face. Yeah, he just looks like a child molester. Also, he could throw a disc over 300,000, 300 feet. So he has to be good. So it's going to be cool beating a superhero. We all agreed about that. He is the strongest man in the world. But he might have molested that little boy. And that's why I want to beat him. Jeez. All right. Artie cool. Cool. From Pete and Pete. <laughs> Always brings it to this level. It's every time. Man. All right. Yeah, I call it as I see it. I guess so. Uh, my, my character might be a little bit past your guys' prime. But by far the most annoying Nickelodeon character is Fred Figglehorn. Fred is Spongebob if he did three lines of blow, popped a molly, and never slept. That's Fred, which hopefully you guys could see a problem in his disc golf ability. But not just that, he sucks at literally everything. So he definitely wouldn't be good at disc golf. Only thing he'd be good at would be annoying me the whole time, which I want to beat the shit out of that person on the course anyways. So taking Fred Figglehorn down. So, so what is this guy we want to beat? Yeah, yeah. Okay. this is the one we want to beat. You can go, Chris, okay. if you're ready. Uh, Ren, I think it's Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I love that show. I loved it so much, but super, super annoying. Just incredibly annoying. Um, I, I was on the Wikipedia earlier doing, you know, I like to do my research, guys. I like to come prepared. I like to, I like to bring the heat. I like to bring the noise. We appreciate I like to it. Correct, okay? That's what we like. Um, and the uh, creators described Ren as a short-tempered, psychotic asthma hound, Chihuahua. And I just can't abide. I just can't. That's not something I can deal with, you know? Yeah. Uh, we had one of those types of dogs that lived next to me growing up, and I hated it. So I would love to be uh, Ren, um, uh, Ren and Stimpy on the Discord. Uh-huh. Love it. 
It's also that a rapist. was on my list too. Like yeah, the, so. Ren is Ren is in canon, I believe. He he's a rapist. Like he, he, yeah. he, he he's a, a bad person. He beats the shit out of Stimpy all the time for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's no yeah. good. There's yeah, so they, so he buries Ed Big Head alive. Yes. Great. All right, I'm gonna go into my beat, and I'm gonna put disc golf to the side for a second because there's no way my 11 year old self would allow a chance to beat a Nickelodeon character and not take down Smug Olmec and the Legends of the Hidden Temple. I have only been dreaming of completing in the greatest kids game show of all time since I first laid eyes on it while twisting off the plastic tab of my cherry Kool-Aid jammer. Fuck your double dare, fuck your guts, don't try to sully the greatness of the LHT. Legends of the Hidden Temple was a preteen Indiana Jones-themed Chuck E. Cheese obstacle course with themed rooms and puzzles. Yeah, it's better than it sounds. My partner and I would be the blue barracudas or green monkeys. Her choice, as long as it's not the purple parrots. Fuck purple parrots. You are losers. We are going to lay waste to all the other challengers and breeze through the moat, steps of knowledge, and whatever the temple games throw at us. I will not be denied. We are going to take down whatever puzzle the rooms face with us. We'll beat the throne room and even shrine the shrine of the silver monkey and elbow any fucking temple guards who gets in our way. All because nothing's going to stop me from getting the golden pepperoni of Catherine Demichi. Legend of the Temple, my beat. Brilliant show. And they're remaking it, by the way, in my research. They're remaking it an adult version of it, yep. which I don't know if I'm excited for or I'm generally nervous. But it's gonna be on brilliant. the CW. Nothing on the CW ever does good. <laughs> the the, the Flareoverse on DC is my jam. On uh, CW, okay. the DC yeah. show is pretty good. There you go, man. It's a CW show that we can watch. There you go. All right. Who wants to start with best? Chris, you want to start with best? Oh yeah, um, I was I'm, I, again. I was torn between uh, Gerald from Hey Arnold and any of the main characters from Rocket Power. Um, just natural athletes, right? Yeah. Just just out to have a great time. Just trying to have trying to get through life, hang with their homies, and excel at physical at physical tests, right? So I don't oh. think I really need to elaborate on that. You know, I think the rock the Rocket Power gang, I think, like would have more the like, creativity. Right, yeah. like they would be taking lines. Yeah. They would be inventing local routes, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, but I think Gerald would be kind of a more kind of point and shoot, natural kind of like, oh, I need to throw the frisbee over there. All right, I'll just yeah. do that. Like, let's yep. get it. The only problem, yeah. like Gerald, I could see Gerald getting bored, being like, "This is easy, right? I don't understand yeah. what the thing's all about." But the Rocket Power Gang kind of has that culture, that counterculture, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I bet you, you know. Rocket Power Adults, right? What's the gang? Where, where are their names? Otto, Reggie, Squid, 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 Twister, Raimundo, and Tito. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they get down, right? They party. Yeah, they get down. Yeah. I, I actually debated doing Raimundo as my best, the dad. He was my – but I did somebody that dedicated his life to studying wildlife and their habits and disc golf. I'm talking about Sir Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> First of all, he's fucking knighted. He's he's sir, so fucking the queen's knighted him. That's fucking already dope as fuck. Also, he's a motherfucking meme master. He is the king of the memes right now. He's all over the place. Like I told Swiss, and Swiss is like, why is why is Nigel Thornberry's face on everybody's body? I'm like, dude, he's the meme master. 
He's frisbee golfed on all seven continents. He's got an ace on all seven continents. That's all he does. He has nine baskets in his fucking van just in case he wants to build his own course. He fucking is the king of the memes, king of the disc golf course, and dope-ass person to hang out with. Just like we see a squirrel, he's like, oh, that's a North American squirrel. They like nuts. I'm like, no way! <laughs> Nigel Archibald Thornberry would be the best disc golf partner. The real question is, what's a North American squirrel doing over here in Europe? Yeah, that'd be a good question. <laughs> Goddamn invasions. Right, it's an invasive species. You got to eradicate. Yep. Go ahead, Jay. It's pretty simple to find out who'd be the best, right? It's the kid who literally, whatever he wants, he can get by just saying the words. Timmy Turner. All he has to do is make a wish, and boom, makes every putt, pures every drive, and never loses ever again. And that's an instant dub for me, and that's all I need. I think that's against the rules. I don't think so. A big ass rule punk. I don't, I don't think, think so. W- I don't think so. Win a contest, but who knows? I might be totally wrong. Read, read, read nose cannon of fairly. I, I guess you so. gotta watch out for it. I guess <laughs> Evidently. so. So, all right, you guys are all wrong. I'm sorry. I'm okay. gonna be friendly with it though. But my best is Aang from the Last Airbender. Now, I can go on and on about a master of the elements would be the best partner. Shit, the waterbending alone pays to have him around in saved plastic and OB strokes. Or imagine a roller with earthbending powers. That and the ability to airbend creates the additional glide needed for his lightweight cloud baker to hit the chains on every throw. But Aang is the best because he is what disc golfers and the game should aspire to be. Cool, calm under pressure, a free spirit who is dedicated, strong-willed, and confident in his ability and himself without being overly confident and arrogant about it. He strives for equality, compassion, and peace for all, but what makes him the absolute best is the ability for him to form lasting, long-lasting friendships with so many diverse people. He's the type of person people believe in and hope disc golf can be the same. Aang. That was I got cute. deep there. That was <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> I was like cute. him because he could be my best friend. <laughs> you bet. That was the answer you just gave. That was very sweet. There you go. <laughs> also got earth bending, you know. Come on. Yeah. I think that's gonna push us into uh, now the some putting puzzlers that we got, right? Nice. I think I I got the patented one that we're always gonna be searching for that. The absolute answer, and I'm gonna ask every single person that ever comes on this podcast, what is the difference between a throw in and an ace? A field ace, sorry, field ace. Uh, a throw in. So I heard you guys asking, um, who was it? Was it was Marweed? Was it? Um, yeah, Rathbun. Marweed is Rathbun's yeah. Amish cousin, though. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a field a throw in. Um, so I've got a couple different criteria. I think a field ace, you got to be in a field, right? You're not throwing a field ace in the woods, right? Uh Yeah. Uh, I think Eagle threw one in um, at uh, when it was still GBO a couple years ago, right? He threw a forehand, flicked it in. Mm -hmm. Field ace, right? Not a throw. You can, so it's like a square rectangle thing. You can't have a field ace in the woods, but you can have a throw in on a field. So a throw in, I think, is outside circle two, but within 200 feet. Okay. Okay. I I like that field answer. That field answer made, <laughs> yeah, that, made, made me, me happy. Think. That made me think. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard someone say, "I got a field ace on that wooded hole"? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes 
that make sense? Uh, for all every, everything that goes in that's not a you know an ace in the woods is a throw in no matter the distance right. no matter the dif- distance let me let me hit mine cuz yeah. i'm interested in this one all right, so we alluded to in a previous episode that MVP has basically matched its year's sales with a commemorative disc of Conrad. Now, is – how do I phrase this? Does Conrad's disc sell the most, or if any other pro did it, would it inc- be more? So if Ricky did the same thing, would he sell more discs? No. No, no. I think um, part of that is, um, you know, Conrad, who he is, right? I think he's a different personality, right? Um, and that's a big part of it. Um, Ricky's already got, plus we've already seen, we haven't seen, like, I know Conrad got the Volt, right? I think that's his mm-hmm. tour support disc, but it sold out. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of noise about mm-hmm. that since the first release, right? But, you know, we've seen Ricky discs, you know, out there for quite some time. Right. We've seen uh, Eagle discs out there for quite some time. Simon discs out there. But Simon might outsell. Simon Simon would be the one guy I think who could. Um, but, you know, we haven't had a Conrad disc out there. Right. He had a couple AVR releases. He had the USDGC commemorative one. And then he had the X3 that came out. Um, I remember this because in like 2000, it came out in like 2015, right after I started playing and like watching. Um, or might have been, must have been 17 because that's when he started touring. Um, so I woke up and I was like, just, you know, half eyes closed on the Innova website. And they're like, buy this Conrad disc this morning. I'm like, all right, cool. So I did. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of 50. And I got it. Um, fast forward like a couple of years, my dog got into it. Um, bummer. But yeah. I mean, that's my fault for putting it in a, putting it in a, in a situation where it could. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, no, I think that's part, I think that's why I think Conrad doesn't have as much, uh, market saturation for his particular brand. Yeah, I, I see that, but I think if it's the same situation, like Ricky beats Paul with that shot, I think like that just like that puts it above because of the competition between those two and it's Ricky over Paul. I just, I just think that that would sell out more. And I, I feel as though Ricky's yeah. adored by more people than Conrad is. And, and any any put Ricky's name on anything, they're gonna buy it. I think I think the saturation doesn't like the saturation doesn't really matter. They you 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 slap Ricky's world win, holy shot on a on a freaking frisbee. Everybody's gonna be like, I'll take two. Would you be more surprised? I think I think part of it is would you be going into it right going into that moment and if it was White Saki instead of Macbeth or instead of Conrad, right? Yeah. Would you? You know, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be, oh, great, another, you know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it, it would be as surprising, necessarily. It'd still be surprising. It'd still be amazing. Yeah. But I think because of who it was, right, and it wasn't Ricky, you know, yeah. I, I think that kind of adds to it a little bit. I totally get what you're yeah. saying. I think Ricky, you know, definitely has a very healthy fan base. Yeah. But I think we're also – it also kind of is similar to um, – you know, Bars B's 2018 one, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. hair, hair down, down to the hair, right. And down to who we beat, right. Almost, you know, same kind of sort of thing um, where Macbeth had a chance on 18 and he threw OB, right. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you think back. So, um, and Bars B's got the Bars variants, right. I think that, you know, that kind of cult of personality, that sort of, 
thing. I think that that does tip it in in more James's favor. That's just that's just my take. But I, I do. I, I also think an MVP so. being like a lesser model also helps. I, I think a lot of people are willing to try that. And with Ricky, they're gonna you're gonna throw out a pig. Yeah, they've had it. They felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I also, I also bet you wouldn't get that same. You obviously wouldn't get that same sort of stat or whatever you want to call it um, with any other manufacturer, right? True. Not any yeah. other, but yeah. the other one's not going to outsell their right. entire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it helped where he went. And I would, all, I would. My only pick, who I think may top him, you threw out Eagle. I think Eagle. This mania's got some crazy fans with their discs. Yeah. I think Eagle might be the only one that would sell as much or more. I think if Kevin Jones didn't, I don't. So I don't know. Maybe I have a Prodigy has a, a kind of a surprisingly big presence out here, but I feel like they're not like as flashy a brand. Totally. You know, I think if Kevin Jones sunk it, but through anything other than Prodigy. You know, I think he would be the one who could do it. I don't know. I don't know how many people are rushing out to buy an A, three, four, two, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Envy's. But and the other thing is, Envy's has have been a popular mold for quite some time. So, gotcha. You got one ready. That was my puzzle. Yeah. 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 Uh, what Nickelodeon universe would you want to play in? Play disc golf in. I'll let you guys Just think. Any. Yeah. Any. Any. Nickelodeon universe. So I'm going to go with mine. Mine is Chalk Zone, where it's everything that's erased from the chalkboard goes in this world. So I just think that'd be fun. It'd be monsters, everything. Everything's made out of chalk. So I'd be like, oh, there's a tree in my way. I'm going to squirt it with water. I get that tree's gone. So now I can make an easy putt. I think it'd be dope. Chalk Zone would be my world. I would choose the universe I would choose to play disc golf in. Uh, Kablam. Yeah. Prometheus and Bob. I want to hang out with Prometheus and Bob. Throw some frisbees. That's pretty much it. I can't remember any of their other characters. Oh, Action League now. Yeah. 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 Fucking. Yeah. Uh, Give me some Kablam. Yeah. Give me some. Give me some robot chicken for kids. Yeah. Melt man with the power to melt. Yeah. There you go. Was a a robot chicken for kids. Except there was a reoccurring robot chicken. Like they had the same same shows. Like. Yeah. Robot chicken's more. You see it once and then you never see it again. Yeah, but it yeah. was like all that mixed with robot chicken. Yeah, it, that was a quality. In fact, intro to the podcast is the Kabla- is the Kablam reference. I took the intro from Kablam. Oh really? That nobody else got, but you'll hear it that's like, yeah, that's, that's, I'll have to I'll have to listen more carefully. I well, that, would yeah. go. I'd probably go Rocket League. Rocket League? What the fuck's Rocket League? Rocket League, League. Rocket League. Rocket game. Yeah, Rocket Power. Sorry. <laughs> I'd probably do the Power. Um, yeah. Hey Arnold would be a nice one. Like, in the Urban. city. That's just our universe. Yeah, right? I was just saying. Yeah. Like, we could do that. That's just yeah. universe. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Go Both to any disc golf course. You, find, you got he, it. He gets to play in Hawaii. Yeah. I, think, I think they live in, maybe, in Rocket Power. I think they might live in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So, you get to play in Hawaii. That's a good choice. Yeah. JK? I'm going to pick the Danny Phantom universe. You go in all the ghost dimensions, play some disc golf from there. That'd be cool. There you go. What's that show? Danny, Danny Phantom. Never heard of it. That's like my generation. <laughs> Young kids. Yeah. Like a damn kids. There's nothing greater than 90s First episode aired 2014. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. 
How old are you? I'm 20. Oh, God. <laughs> so. So, you so now you realize he doesn't get any of the references. Yeah. Really. yeah. Like, yeah. Ni- 90s Nickelodeon is the top, like, tier of cartoons. Oh, my God. Yes. Absolutely. So, it, it, so I have it so seared in my memory because, like, we, I didn't have cable at home. And I could only watch Nickelodeon when I went to, like, a relative's or a friend's house. So I, like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I downloaded that so I could you know, replay. Yeah. I'd go home and watch my PBS and like yeah. Reading Rainbow would be on, but what I'd actually be watching was like Rocket Rocket Power. My That's awesome. Greatest show. Alright. Right. I, 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 I don't got any more puzzlers. I got a few got just some. quick ones. Most like, underrated disc. Uh Valkyrie. That is a solid answer. Don't you boy you bag one Quinn? I do bag one. I bag one. I don't use it, though. I used to use it, but it got replaced. There you go. So do you bag about three? I'm a big fan three? of the instinct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I top out, like, I threw I threw a destroyer 400 feet once backhand. Um, but I tap out, I, like, I reliably top out around 350, so Valk is, like, perfect for me. Um, nice. Backhand, anyway. Forehand, I... I'm throwing over stable. Yeah. Totally. I, can get, I can get it out on a forehand. Dream no course. For mine. Yeah, yeah, I heard you, but that's not even underrated, so oh. whatever. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to say it, but... What was your answer? Instinct from Discmania. Oh, that's that's so new. It has it can't be properly rated yet, let alone underrated. Dude, I feel like at Fair. first, like, everyone bagged an instinct. Is, is that the Buzz clone, or is that the no, Rock clone? No, that's like the... Um, like a T-Bird clone. Yeah. Alright. That's cool. It's a good disc. I'll give you that. But like, it's, yeah. I don't think it's underrated. Uh, I, man, I get the point. I, that's the only thing that fell into my head. It's Dude, rated. It's yeah. rated. It might be, yeah. You, you bagged the CAG-Z. You, you say that. I could say the CAG-Z is underrated. I could well, say, I'll say the, uh, no one the, here's one. The Latitude 64 Fury. Alright? That's it's a super flippy 10 speed and gotcha. you know for us noodly noodle armed woods players out there that's what we need you need a flippy 10 speed you know if you're trying to if you're trying to really stretch it out to 340 right if you really need to stretch your legs and really pump one out there past 335 the fury's your guy there you go <laughs> sounds like a disc read with hate <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's what's your favorite disc golf season, Chris? When do you like to play? Fall. Fall. Yeah. That's quick. That seems to be the consensus. And then what's the best hole you've ever played? Like, hmm. Best disc golf. Single hole. That's a tough one. I mean, because, you know, design-wise, I mean, any of the holes at Maple Hill, um, I would say probably... I like, um, I, I never played the golds. I played the golds once and it took me four and a half hours. Um, cause you know, yeah. not good. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, I think, um, let's see. Hole two at Maple Hill, I think is really, really good. Um, it's one of my favorites for sure. That's the one with the golds. Mm-hmm. It's got the, the stone wall uphill, yep. um, for the ones I play basically, it's the same setup, but shifted maybe like 30 degrees to the left. 
and you know where that row of trees is with the bridge um there's a gap right there when the basket's on top of that hill right behind hole three's tee pad so from um that tee pad's a little bit shorter than the golds you have a um, 350 foot um, flat to very steep uphill shot with maybe a 20 foot tunnel gap 150 feet out um and i've hit it a couple times i've parked it a couple times and that makes me very happy um so i'm biased there so maple hill any, any of the holes in maple hill but um hole 17 at borderlands disc golf course in massachusetts um it's called the reddit hole because it always gets posted there it's the one with the mansion oh yeah i know i know exactly oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that one's one of my favorites for sure that's cool it's about 45 minutes from where i live that's not bad so we do a segment every Wednesday where we have Disc Golf Jesus review a snack. What do you think is the best snack on the disc golf course? I mean, any any snack that can go on the disc golf course can be taken anywhere else, right? Yes, exactly. Like, very well, few not... snacks are like, shit, I can't take this disc golfing. It's too, it's too portable. It's too, it's too, it's too delicious. It's too salty. Um, the, uh, the, um, planters uh trail mix with the yogurt ones yeah mm-hmm. those are the those are the best um after that it's it's uh snyder's honey mustard uh honey uh honey mustard and onion pretzel chunks oh, i don't know if they got those out in your neck of the woods no i, I, think, really? I, do. I think i've seen them yeah. it's a snyder's in hanover hanover pennsylvania yeah, i would have yeah. thought they'd be a you know have a midwest presence with their pretzel chunks yeah. no you didn't know what I'm talking about, do you? All right, let me explain. Let me talk to you about the pretzel chunks, all right? What they are is they're chunks of pretzels that are just absolutely flavor-blasted, right? They got buffalo, which if you want heartburn, go grab some. Um, they've got honey mustard and onion, which if you want heartburn and terrible breath, go get some. They got jalapeno, same deal, but with the kind of south of the border twist. They've got cheddar, which is a little too savory, but... Um, they come in these little little bags, probably like size of your head. I don't know how big your heads are relatively, but you know, size of your head. Uh, like at buck twenty five, ninety nine cents out here, and uh, there's enough salt in there to you know dry up any water hazard that you might come across. Uh, to keep all of your fluids deep inside you, um, they're great. Awesome. There you go. I think you can only get them in the large bag here, but they're here. Oh yeah, go get them. Yeah. You got a junkie now, Red. Solid plug. Then we're gonna end it off with a very good note, right? What's your favorite disc golf memory you've ever had? Um, uh, probably the first time where I threw the disc is like doing warm ups before you know it started, and I threw it and it kept going. And it kept going and like much further than where it usually, you know, keeps going. <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't super far, but it was like, oh my God, it's still going. Right. Um, and the first time that happened to me was like, okay, cool. Like the first time you have success in any sort of sport or anything that you're trying at, right. When you have that yeah. first moment of like, oh shit, I'm, I'm improving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that, that was probably my favorite disc golf memory. Um, Watching, I think it was, yeah, it was a white DX T-Bird that I was throwing in the snow because I was an idiot, right? But it just kept going. And I found it, you know, it was 
New England snow is usually, in, on the Cape especially, is usually pretty icy. So mm -hmm. stayed on top and just sort of slid a little bit, maybe like half inches of snow, but it just kept going. Nice. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, know. it probably only re went like 280 feet, but, you know, just started playing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Brilliant, man. Well, thank you for coming on well, the podcast. You could definitely plug anything yeah. you got going on. Let everyone know what's up. Uh, Ultra World Disc Golf. Like, subscribe, share, whatever. Um, I'll be posting from the Instagram on Friday um, until my phone dies, which should be pretty early on in the day. Um, <laughs> I need a new phone. Um, but yeah, uh, check out anything anything I write on Ultra World. Go, go read it. Read all of our stuff. It's great. Um, if you listen to the Upshot, check that out. Um, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we're really the only kind of non-biased, independent journalism that exists in the sport right now. Um, so if you think that's important, um, which I think, you know, if you're listening to the show and or producing mm -hmm. the show, um, you know, yeah. you obviously do. So um, check it out. That's, uh, that's all I got to plug. Awesome. Man, that, that World's article is absolutely fabulous. Everybody needs to go out and give that a read. Yeah, thank you. Um, Appreciate that. Just shock and awe when I read it. Just, just, the, just the stupidity around everything. <laughs> it's just it's wild. It was rough. I mean, again, like you, you're talking to people who are really trying their best, mm -hmm. right? And one thing, so I work in a nonprofit with you know adults with disabilities, and I, I run a program. And one thing that I learned early on in my career was nobody wakes up trying to fuck up, right? Yeah. Nobody's trying to have a bad day. Nobody's nobody's intending to do a bad job and so if you go in with that sort of attitude you know that people are generally trying their best right and trying to do what's best for them and the people around them um it's easier to um it's harder to 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 be mean <laughs> um, yeah. it's easier to have a good day so um yeah that was that was that was an interesting piece to write for sure but yeah thanks i'm glad you liked it oh yeah it was awesome absolutely man yep yep like said, thanks for coming on. Yeah, coming yeah on. my pleasure, guys. Take it easy. You too. Awesome, yeah. man. Thanks. Bye. Good job, Chris. Let me get out of here. Trapped. Trapped. <laughs> well, that was Chris uh, from Alti World. Yep. Hopefully, you guys got a little insight on what Alti World is about, what he does. Def like you said, that World's article, that was kind of the first thing that was like super unbiased. No one was in it. You got uh, quotes from each side. It was super cool to understand, especially. He had anonymous. Yep. Yeah, man. It was, was, it was very well written. Um, and like I said, just the shock of – he made a good point. They're trying, right? I'm not being critical, but just some of the simplest things, how it just snowballed terribly. Yeah. Well, it was cool to have him on. It was cool to have some perspectives, just understand his disc golf life, his disc golf career and all of that. Well, instead an ulti world. Chris and I had, like, mind-melded with Reed the whole time. All his answers was like, man, we said that one. Nope. I thought about that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was yeah, going to do that actually, one. <laughs> it went really well. Like, you know, even in his beginning, like his first one, I was like, man, I was thinking about that one. Uh, absolutely. He, he had he's all, like, yeah. I thought a guy was like, this motherfucker. This guy's on. He had reasons. He had, you know, he, he gave yeah, it That he, was he, super he cool. He understood the game. He understood the game. Yeah, yeah. that was super cool. So, yeah, yeah he, was, he was a good one. He was an awesome one. Well, if you guys yeah, enjoyed the episode, that was our psycho time where you had someone on. So hopefully you did enjoy that vibe. It was the first one on the Zoom, too, so we made everything complicated. Um, but I think yeah. we, we lived through it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Um, we have some special things coming out as well this week that we're, that we're all settled and doing all this stuff. So 
kind of follow us on all the social medias. Stay tuned. I like, I got things in the works, bro. Don't even worry. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, don't. I haven't gotten no one yet. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, hopefully, see you in the next one, guys.